This morning, I want to talk to you about a man. A man who is very similar to you and me. A man who has had many struggles, many problems, some failures, some faults. I wonder how many of us in this room today would acknowledge that we too are a person of struggles, of failures, and of faults. If you are, just raise your hand. You know, the truth is that all of us are. We are filled with that. When God clearly told this man that he needed to do something rather than obey God's, rather than listen to his word, he decided to disobey God's word. Anybody here like that? Don't bother raising your hand because I know most of us are. And then this man repented. After God had gotten his attention, he came to know the name of Jesus. For he got a second chance. Anybody here today ever receive a second chance? Listen, let me tell you something. If you've been born again, you've received a second chance. And if you haven't received a second chance today, I want you to know that God is still offering second chances. You say, well, pastor, who is this man you're talking about? His name is one in which we're all so familiar with. We've told this story over and over again, but we've told it from the perspective of the mind of a child. But God had such a deeper meaning. His name is none other than Jonah. And as a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that this man Jonah not only had a story to tell, but God gave him a place in the Bible named a book after him. So if you've got your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to turn with me to Jonah chapter 1. And I want to look together as we read together Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Now when most people think about the book of Jonah... What they think about most is the idea of the story of a big fish. But I don't know if you realize, but that in all four of the chapters that are there in the book of Jonah, there is only three verses that actually even talk about a big fish. Jonah's story is not primarily about a big fish, primarily about his struggles, his disobedience to God's word his growing prayer life. It's about a story of a man whom God gives a second chance. And this morning, if you are in need of a second chance from God, this book is for you. And if today you don't think that you stand in need of a second chance from God, this book is for you. The odds are that whether we're standing in need of a second chance or the fact that we will be in need of a second chance soon. So take your Bibles and let's turn together and join me in reading chapter 1, 
verses 1 through 3 of the book of Jonah. Let's stand together as we honor the reading of the word of the Lord. And it says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of Mittiah, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarsus so that he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. Father, as we bow before you this morning after reading the word of the Lord, we come to you this morning that your Holy Spirit would take the reading and the hearing of your word and now the preaching of your word to speak unto the heart of your people so that we might be changed by thy word. And Lord, I pray that today as we talk about the fact that life on the run, Lord, we're all living life on the run, it seems as though today. But the question is, which direction are we running? And Lord, as we look into the life of Jonah today and as we consider what Jonah teaches us in these first few verses, we pray that, Father, that we might see in our own lives what God is saying to us, how He wants to address us, and what He wants from us. And may we be found running towards You and not away from You. And Lord, for those of us that are running away, may we stop and may we return. May we repent. That word meaning make a U-turn and come back towards God. Lord, now move me out of the way and hide me behind the cross. Let it not be my word, but your word spoken today in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Today I want to talk to you about a life on the run. And in doing so, I've got to ask the question, so what is your story today? What is your story today? Are you like Jonah living a, a life on the run from God? Or are you one of us or one of those that is on a run towards God? Jonah finds himself running in the wrong direction. Now for Jonah, his problem was Nineveh. What's your Nineveh today? What's your problem that is causing you not to run towards God, but to run away from God? Perhaps, maybe for some of us, we're running from reconciliation. Perhaps for some of us, you've said something or offended somebody, you've slandered somebody, you've done something that has broken fellowship with one of the brethren. And there's just not that sweet spirit of fellowship that you once enjoyed. And for you, your Nineveh is reconciliation. Like Jonah, you're running in the wrong direction. Instead of trying to repair the the breach, you are running away from the responsibility. Maybe today your Nineveh is repentance. Maybe today you're caught up in sin that is driving a wedge between you and God. And that wedge is simply getting deeper and deeper by the day because the sin that is in your life is pushing you further and further away from God. And like Jonah, you're running in the wrong direction. Instead of running towards God and His forgiveness, you're running away from God because you fear the the wrath of God. Rather than heading towards your Nineveh in obedience to God's word, 
you're heading towards your Tarsus in disobedience to God's word and his will. So what is your story? Which direction are you going today? Are you running away from God? Or are you running towards God? Are you heading towards Nineveh or Tarsus? Obedience or disobedience? We're all running a race called life. But are we living a life on the run from God? What's your story? I want you to think about that question as I share with you the story of Jonah as he lays out the the, the very situation that brought him to the place where he is today. Chapter 1 is all about Jonah and his disobedience to God. We find the prophet, like some of us, running in the wrong direction. So let's see what Jonah's story meant then, what Jonah's story means today, and then what Jonah's story means to you and I personally. In verses 1 and 2, Jonah receives a word from the Lord. He gets a word from the Lord. I want you to look at what it says here in verses 1 and 2 that the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. He tells him to arise and go to that great city and to speak against Nineveh, that wicked city. Jonah gets a word from the Lord, but Jonah receives not just any word, but Jonah receives a personal word. Now remember... We talked about this a few weeks ago when I introduced the book of Jonah to you, not as a fish tale, but as a true story. Jonah was a real man who lived in a real place, and like today, Jonah was called to a real task. God had a personal word to say to his servant then, and he has a personal word to say to his servants now. Now, we're not told how the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. Perhaps God spoke audibly like he did with his servant Abraham. Perhaps God gave him a vision like he did with Peter. Or perhaps God spoke to him like in a dream like he did with Joseph. Or perhaps God simply made an impression upon his heart as he does with so many of us today. I don't know how God spoke to Jonah that day, but I know this. The word of the Lord says, now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. It reminds us that God constantly tries to speak to the hearts of his people. God is always trying to get his word into our hearts, into our lives. The question is not whether or not God is speaking. The question always comes back to the fact, are we listening? God is always speaking. It reminds us that God constantly speaks into the heart of his people. As we ask the question, has God spoken to your heart about anything in your life today? 
Really, the question isn't whether or not God has told you something about your life. The question is, are you listening to what God is telling you about your life? You need to know that God still speaks personally to us today. And one might ask the question, well, how does God speak to us today? Um, Tammy showed me a a, a little thing uh, the other day. She said, it, it showed a picture of this fella asking the question, well, how does God speak to us today? And then right before him was the Bible, and it said, here you go. You see, the reality is, God speaks to us every day. The question isn't whether God is speaking. The question is rather we are listening. Are you picking up your Bible, and are you hearing what God is saying to you today? God has a personal word for us today. He speaks to us not only through Scripture, He speaks through us through His Spirit. He also speaks through us through His saints. And to think about that, how the Almighty God speaks to us personally, just amazes me that He would even want to speak to us who oftentimes are so caught up in ourselves that we don't listen to what He says. When we think about the fact that He wants to speak to us, tells us how important the message must be that he's speaking to us. God has something to say to each of us today, personally. Jonah not only received a personal word, but Jonah also received a pointed word. Now listen to what it says here in verse 2. Arise and go, but not just arise and go, but arise and go to Nineveh that great city. I don't know about you, but when I read those words, I sense there's an urgency from God that He wants Jonah to do something, and He wants him to do it now. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. And Nineveh was a great city. Nineveh was located just off the Tigris River in what we call today our modern-day Iraq. It was the capital of the Assyrian Empire. Historians and archaeologists have have discovered uh, the city that was surrounded. uh, That area was covered by walls more than 100 feet high. And inside those walls were people of great wickedness. And the Israelites knew about their wickedness. As a matter of fact, they, they were known for being cruel and heartless people. Just the mention of their name brought a passion to the heart of an Israelite. A passion of destruction. And how they longed to see God wipe them off the face of the earth. In fact, I think the main reason that Jonah ran away from God was that he did not want them to hear the gospel. He did not want them to repent. He didn't want them to to see the light. He wanted them to be destroyed. Well, you say, well, pastor, how do you know that? I want you to take the book of Jonah and turn to chapter 4, verse 2 with me. And I'm not making this up. I'm telling you this is what Jonah said. And here's what he said. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying? When I was yet in my country, 
Therefore I fled before unto Tarsus, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth thee of thy evil. What Jonah is simply saying is, Lord, I told you when I said no to the call, I didn't want to go because I didn't want to tell them about you because I knew that they would repent and I knew that you would save them and I wanted them gone. Oh, now let me just remind you who Jonah is. Jonah is a prophet of the Lord who God has used favorably among the children of Israel to proclaim the word of God unto his people and to use them greatly to proclaim his word. But yet this same Jonah had such a hatred towards this people that he said, I'd rather disobey God than see the mercy of God upon these people. Can I just remind you that the world is not getting any nicer. As a matter of fact, it's getting more and more wicked. The wickedness of this world is growing greatly. And I think that it might be easier for us today to be able to say, you know what? I'm not going out to that wicked world. I'm not telling them... I don't want them to be redeemed. Have you seen the horrific viciousness of this world today? They deserve what they get. I think if we're not careful, church, we could have the very same attitude that Jonah had. I would rather see them die and go to hell than see them come to know Christ. We need to be careful that we do not allow ourselves to get caught up in this attitude. Jonah received a pointed word. Go to Nineveh. Can I remind you that you and I have received a pointed word from God as well? It's found in Matthew's gospel. Go ye therefore into all the world and proclaim the gospel. You and I have received the very same message. Go into a wicked world that doesn't deserve Christ and tell them about the hope of eternal life. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them about my love for them. Jonah received a personal word, a call from God. Jonah received a pointed word, go. But Jonah also received a powerful word, a purposeful word. And now God instructs the prophet to go there. There being to that wicked and godless city of Nineveh to preach the gospel. It was the last place on earth that Jonah wanted to go. Verse 2 reminds us that he was told to cry out against this wicked city because their wickedness had come up before God. What an assignment. Going to Nineveh to preach the gospel would be like you and I going fishing at the aquarium. I mean, you just drop your hook in there, they're all over the place. (laughs) They're everywhere. At Nineveh, the entire city needed the gospel. So the stage was set. God had selected his man to go preach the gospel to the city whose citizens were on their way to hell. They were to preach that there was hope. 
that there was hope for those living in darkness, that they would step into the light of the Lord and they would receive his grace and his mercy. Jonah received a word from the Lord. You and I have received a word from the Lord. The question is, what is our story? Are we running towards God? Are we going into a lost and dying world and claim the gospel of Jesus Christ? Or are we running away from God? Are we doing our own thing, thinking, I don't have any responsibility to go to these wicked people. They're on their own. The second thing that we learn from Jonah's story here this morning is that Jonah gets away from the Lord. You see, when we get a personal word from the Lord, we get a word from God, we've got a choice to make. Either we draw nearer to Him or we draw farther away from Him. Jonah got away from the Lord. In verse 3, it reminds us uh, how Jonah got away from the Lord. But Jonah rose up and he fleed to flee to Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, and there he found a ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare thereof, and he went down into it to go with them unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. And don't think that Jonah was simply just running from the will of God. He was running more from the presence of God than the will of God. In fact... Twice in verse 3, we read the very fact that, that Jonah was running from the presence of the Lord. You know, I, I love the fact that they sang that song about the presence of the Lord in this place. What a great reminder to us that there is no place that we can run that we will not find the presence of the Lord. There's no place that we can go that God will not find us there. But Jonah tried to run from the presence of the Lord. But just wait a minute. Jonah knows that he can't run from the presence of the Lord. Jonah knows that God is omnipresent. He knows that wherever he goes, God is going. But still, like so many of us, Jonah chooses to run away from the Lord instead of running to the Lord. Now, whenever we're trying to run from the presence of the Lord, we see that we go in a certain position. Now, let me just remind you that uh, David said this in Psalms 139, verse 7. Where can I go from, the, from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? Jonah knows that he can't outrun the presence of the Lord, but yet he tries. He tries to outrun uh, the presence of God by going to, to, uh, to uh, Joppa to catch a ship far, far away. I want you to notice with me a few things that we can know, especially about those that are running from the Lord. If you're here this morning and you're running from the Lord for whatever reason it might be, Maybe the Lord is calling you to a personal task. Maybe the Lord is calling you to a, a particular ministry. Maybe the Lord is calling you to come into a deeper relationship with you, with Him. Maybe He's calling you into personal salvation. But instead of running towards Him, you're running away from Him. There's a few things that we need to understand about running away from God. I want you to, first of all, consider the direction of Jonah's steps. 
Look at what it says here in verse 3. He went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarsus, so he paid the fare and went down into the ship to go with them down to Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. So what are the directions that that Jonah is taking as he's running from God? D-O-W-N, down. Imagine Jonah down on the docks looking at the ships heading anywhere west. He's running down the boardwalk, perhaps asking the captains and the crew members something like this. Where are you heading? We're going to Egypt. No, no, that's too close to home. Well, we're heading to Antioch. No, 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 that's not far enough either. How about Carthage? We're heading to Carthage. No, that that won't work either. And then one says, we're heading to Tarsus. Tarsus? Oh, yeah, that's where I want to go. Let me pay the fare. I want to go there. Why do I want to go there? Tarsus was a perfect place to run from the presence of the Lord. So he went down to Joppa. He went down into the ship. Do you see? He went down into the ship, into the belly. But later, we're going to read that not only did Jonah go down to Joppa, not only did he go down into the belly of the ship, but we're going to find out later that he went down into the belly of the fish. You see, here's the truth. That when we're running from God, our life is always spiraling down, down, down. So you can write this down. If you have a pen in your hand, you might want to write this statement down. Whenever you run from God, your direction is always down, down, down. Do you remember what happened to King David? You remember what happened to him? He started going down when he caught a glimpse of Bathsheba taking a bath on a rooftop. He went down a little further when he called her from her house to his house. He went down still a little further when he committed adultery. He went down a little further when he tried to cover up his sin. He went down a little further when he tried to commit murder. David's life went down, down, down. Folks, we need to learn this lesson and learn it well. You will never go up while you're living in rebellion against God. Down is always the direction of rebellion against God. It's true in our personal lives. It's true in our married lives. It's true in our parental lives. It's true in our church life. It is a statement that holds true in every area of life. When we're running from God and living in disobedience to Him and rebellion to His word and will, we're always heading down. So there's the directions of his steps, down, down, down. But I want you to consider the destination of the ship, the choice that Jonah chose. Of all the options, he chose this one because it did for him what he needed it to do. It took him far, far away. You see, when you and I are running from God, we want to get as far, far away from him. You know what? It's, it's all too often that when we're running from God, we start uh, making, taking steps towards stopping coming to church, 
stopping hanging around Christians, stopping uh, doing things that we were doing because we want to get further and further away from God. So Jonah looked down the, the fairway and learned that there was a ship going as far away from God as he could go. Verse 3 says, But Jonah arose to flee from Tarsus, to Tarsus, from the presence of the Lord. By the way, let me just tell you, you always have someone on your side when you're running from the Lord. The devil will always make sure there's a shit to catch when you're running from God. He will make sure there is a way for you to get further away from God. Reality is the devil always makes sure that we have everything we need to get further from him. So why Tarsus? Of all the places Jonah could have chose, why Tarsus? Well, I can give you a reason. Because Tarsus was as far west as you could go in those days. It was the furthest port that a ship would go from Joppa. Most believe that it was Tarsus was somewhere around the area of Spain, over 2,000 miles away from Joppa. Tarsus was as far west as Jonah could get, and Nineveh was just in his backyard. When you run from God, you always go as far as you can. When you set sail for Tarsus, you go without God's blessing. So I ask the question, are you running in the opposite direction? Or are you running with God? At this moment, Jonah thinks that he's gotten away with something. Yes, disobedient for sure, but he has gotten away from having to tell this evil, wicked people about God. And now, exhausted from his hurried packing, his frenzy decision, and his race down to the coast, which was 20 miles or so by foot from his home, he boards the boat and he falls asleep below deck, believing that he has successfully run from the presence of God. I want you to think about that just for a moment. How many times have we thought how many times have we thought that because everything was going our way that we must be doing God's will? How many times have we thought, well, it seems to be working out, so I must not be as wrong as I thought. Jonah fell asleep, but God did not. Where Jonah stopped working for God, God never stopped working for Jonah. The word of one author that I read summarized this this way. He said, I'm not the master of my own destiny, not even my daily life. God is. To obey means to yield my will for his will, my desire for his desire to engage in activity that is difficult indifferent or unpleasant or strange or dangerous or simply a, a, a different location. I relinquish control and in other words, God, or in other words, uh, someone else calls the shots. I'm no longer my own man. 
master. Jonah's about to learn that very reality very soon. He thinks he's his own master. He thinks he's in control. He thinks he's got it figured out. He thinks he's going in the right direction. But God's going to show him he's not. And let me just remind you that God is still in the business of pointing out the fact that when we're heading in the wrong direction. God is still calling his people to repentance. Repentance simply meaning turn of your life around and head in the different direction. What direction? The direction back towards God. If you're walking away, running away, if you're heading away, if you're finding yourself further and further away from God, remember God is calling you to turn around. And if we don't heed his word, I assure you that he will get your attention. So not only was there a direction of his steps that were going down, 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 a a destination of a ship that was going farther and farther away from the Lord. Now we find that we need to consider the desperation of his soul. You see, the truth of the matter is that when we run from the presence of the Lord, our life goes down, down, down. When we get further and further away from the Lord, our heart becomes heavier and heavier. The truth is that when we run away from God, we never really find a place where we can enjoy being there. A disobedient Christian is the most miserable person on the planet. Alexander Wyatt noted a, uh, a generation ago in his commentary, no booking clerk in all of Joppa could have told Jonah what he was actually going to pay to board this ship. Running away from God is always a costly affair. Look again to verse 3 and listen to what it says. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. His soul was so desperate to run from God that he was willing to pay a fare at a price for the ticket that he didn't know what it was going to cost. Every time you and I run in the wrong direction, it's going to cost us. There's a price to pay. In fact, the rest of the book of Jonah talks about how much it's going to cost Jonah to run away from God. Have you ever stopped to consider the price that your life is paying for running away from God? Have you ever stopped to, to, to consider the old saying about sin? Sin will take you further than you want to go. Sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. And sin will always cost you more than you ever wanted to pay. Have you stopped long enough to count the cost? To see that perhaps it's costing you more than you ever wanted to pay? Remember, there's always a high price to pay when running from God. We see people every day every day paying the fare because they're running from God. 
Let me give you a scripture verse to cling to. Paul wrote this in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. For those of us that think that we can get away with what we're doing, for those of us that think that, you know, God just isn't catching it, doesn't see it, I pulled one over on him. Paul said this, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. The most expensive thing that you and I can do is to try to run from the presence of God. Trying to run from Him. You see, the reality is that whenever we start running from God, sin is going to keep us longer than we want to stay, cost us more than we want to pay. So let me close by asking the question again. What's your story? In other words, where are you? Are you in a place in your life where God has personally spoken to you about something in your life that He wants you to do, but yet you'd rather do it something else? Rather yet, you'd rather do anything else but what God's asking you to do. What's your story? Are you running away from God because you don't want to do what He wants you to do? Or are you running towards God saying, God, I can't wait to do what you want to do? You see, when it comes to our calling, the Christian can find him or herself in one of three situations. We can find ourselves in a place where we've never started. We haven't left the starting blocks. God has told us where He wants us to go, what He wants us to do, but we're still sitting still. We haven't run away, but we haven't moved ahead either. There's a lot of us as Christians that are stuck right here. That We're sitting on the starting blocks. We know that God wants us to do something, but we just haven't moved. It's time for us to start moving. It's time for us to start moving in the direction that God is leading us. It's time for us to get out of our pews and on our feet and into the field to where God is calling us. The second place that we might find ourselves is that for some of us, we started off well, but we quit. Things got hard. The direction. As a matter of fact, in, in our marriage conference th that we did last night, uh, and you've seen one of the clips that we showed as we were previewing it, you know, the, uh, Anne was talking about the fact that uh, she uh, uh, wanted to follow God, but she wanted God to lead in the right direction, so she wanted to help God. She wanted to steer the boat. You know, she wanted to steer the bike. As long as she was going in the direction she wanted to go, it was okay. But when God wanted her to go in His direction, whoa, wait a minute, I never agreed to that. A lot of us find ourselves starting out thinking that we want to do what God wants us to do, but something happens. It gets tough. It gets hard. It, 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 it becomes uh, um, something more than we expected, and so we, we stop. 
we quit. And we start making excuses why we've quit. Well, God, if, if I hadn't had this, or if, if I wasn't expecting this, or if my job hadn't changed, or if, if this... And boy, we're good at making excuses, are we not? So some of us are sitting on the starting block. Some of us have got off the starting block, but now we've stalled. And then three, some of us are going strong. We're rounding the bend and and looking for the next straightaway. We're ready and willing and going for the Lord. And I'm thankful for those. I'm thankful for those that are continuing to carry on the work and the ministry of the Lord. And we want to continue to encourage you and to be reminded of what Hebrews reminds us, that, that we have a great cloud of witnesses of those that are encouraging us on, those that are saying, keep up the good fight, keep on going, don't stop, continue to run the race, for the finish line is just around the corner. Consider the fact that when you and I never leave the starting block or when you and I stop doing what God's called us to do, consider the irresponsibleness of it. Consider the the fact that God has given us an assignment to do and yet we've chosen not to do it. But yet I want you to think about the eternal consequences of those in which we had opportunity to minister to but chose not to. I want you to think about Jonah just for a moment. Jonah chapter 4 verse 2 says that Jonah said, Listen, I told you, God, the reason I didn't want to go was because I wanted those people destroyed. I'd rather see them go to hell than come to know you. There are billions of people that need to hear the gospel. There are people right around you that need to hear the gospel. Are you taking the gospel to a lost and dying world that needs to see the light of Jesus so desperately? Or are you running to your Tarsus? Are you running away from God, hiding out in the belly of the ship? My friends, you can never escape the presence of God. It's time that you and I stopped running. It's time that you and I realized that we cannot hide from God. He knows exactly where we are. It's time for you and I to repent. That word again, let me remind you, means to make a U-turn. Means to recognize that we're heading in the wrong direction. We're heading far away from God. And God says, stop, turn back to me. Where are you today? Carlene, I see you got the hymn book out. Do you have a song for us or somebody? Ron, you got one? Somebody got one? What's your story today? Where are you? Are you running from God? You might be a a teenager thinking that you've got life all figured out. 
that you know exactly where you want to go, what you want to do. You might be a a, a young adult that, that says, you know what, I don't know what life has in store, but I've got a lot of responsibilities. I've got to do these things. Maybe you're even an older adult who says, you know what, I'm just too old and too tired. Can I just remind you that God has a call for you, a direction for you, whether you're a teenager, whether you're a young adult, whether you're an elderly adult, God has a calling for you. The question for you is, which direction are you headed? Are you running away from God? You're running towards God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let's pray. Father, as we come before you this morning to close our time, Lord, we are running a life of living for you. And Lord, there are some here today that are running towards you, and they're running along life's journey in the path that you have chosen them. But there are some here today that are running away from you. That Lord know that they have received a call upon their life to do for you, but yet have chosen to to disobey. Lord, I pray that you would cause our hearts to repent. Lord, in just a moment as I ask them to raise to their feet, and in just a moment as I ask them to make a decision for you, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would go through this room and and, and reveal to us, all of us, rather we are standing still, we're still on the starting blocks, we've never started in the right direction. Or rather we have started, but we've quit. Or rather, Lord, we are running where we need to be running. Lord, would you speak unto your children today, I pray, in Jesus' name. Would you stand to your feet today and If the Spirit of the Lord is calling you today to repent, to return back to Him, to come to that place, I want you to know that God is gracious and merciful and He is calling you and He is longing for you to come into His presence. He won't reject you, but He will receive you. He wants you to come unto Himself. If you're here this morning and and, and you don't know, you're wondering, Am I heading towards God or running away from God? I ask you just to consider, is your relationship with Christ growing stronger or weaker? Are you more faithful or less faithful? Are you more committed or less committed? God is asking you to come home. He's asking you to follow Him. Let me just remind you that we cannot outrun the presence of God. We cannot run away from Him. We must repent. We must come. We must come into that place where we turn our hearts towards the Lord. You see, the reality is that if we're running away from God, we're going down, down, down. And 
God wants us to go up, up, up. He wants us to come into His presence. He wants us to come back to Him. It is a personal decision that each of us have to make, and we'll see that as we look a little bit further into the book of Jonah. We'll see that God calls Jonah to a personal decision to repent. Every one of us must make that call. Every one of us must make that decision. Where are you today? What's your story? Are you coming towards God or are you walking away from Him? You may think that I'm so far from God that I cannot return. Let me remind you of the story of the prodigal son. In the story of the prodigal son, he found himself in great destitution and and in the pig pen of life, but yet realized that he could come home. Remember how the father greeted his repentant son. That's how God wants to receive you today. But you must come. You must turn around and walk back towards Him. Would you do that this morning? Would you tell God, I am faithfully coming back to you. I repent. Turn from my wayward ways back to you. It's my prayer that wherever you are today, if you are not heading in the direction that God has personally called you to, that you will make that U-turn you will direct your life back towards him. I'm telling you, my friends, you will never find the peace of God when you are running away from the presence of God. Unless we run towards the presence of God, we'll never experience that peace. So my prayer for you is may the peace of God be with you because the presence of God is upon you. And may he encourage you and keep you as you walk with him.